What is up, guys? Welcome back to episode 12 of the Otaku Crew. The crew has assembled and are ready to talk about reviewing the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie. Very exciting stuff. But before we get to that, uh, just a little plugging, shamelessly, of course. Uh, you can follow our podcast on most of the major podcast platforms, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and wherever you find your podcasts. You can also follow us on our YouTube channel, channel The Otaku Crew. Uh, be sure to smash that like button, subscribe, and leave a comment in the uh, section down below. Um, we always love talking to our fans and uh, seeing what you guys have to say on our opinions of everything anime. Uh, that being said, I, uh, it is me, your boy, Monado, uh, hosting today's episode. I'm very excited to do that. It's my first time uh, doing so. And I'm joined by my awesome panelists. First off, we've got Andy. Hello, Andy. Hello, how you doing? I'm great. Very sleep deprived, uh, but we're, we're in there. <laughs> oh yeah, tell me about it. Uh, we also have Rec Endeavor. Hello, Weaves, and good morning to you all. And last but not least, my boy Wiseman Lee. Yo, Manada, what's up, man? How does it feel being host? First time awesome. ever in this episode. It's exciting, but nervous. All right, I'm sure you do well. Mess it up. <laughs> I'll try not to. We'll see how it goes. So, uh, as I said at the outset of the video, uh, we're going to be reviewing the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie. So, uh, for those of you that may not know, there is a movie that came out uh, for the Jujutsu Kaisen uh, series. And it's actually, uh, just to give you guys a quick synopsis of it, uh, it's not actually a continuation of where we left off in Season 1, uh, which is the most recent season, is just the first one. Um, but it's actually a prequel to the first season, which is really interesting. So, uh, I found that it was actually... You know, I, I was thinking it might be a good jumping in point if anyone was interested in the, sh the show but hasn't seen it yet and they want to see the movie first. Uh, but after watching it, eh, it, it helps to watch the show first. So that was actually kind of interesting. Well, I don't, I don't completely agree there, though. Like, let's say you haven't seen the show and you get into the movie. I think the movie is still uh, pretty fun for you to enjoy yourself. The only thing I'd say is, like, if you have seen the show, then you understand most of the... Cameos and Easter eggs that are there in the in the movie. Yeah, that's what I. Someone going in blind, then I don't think it'd be a problem for them. Yeah, you know that's a good point. Actually, I hadn't thought of it that way. Mostly because I was going into it from that point of view. Like I've sh I've seen the show twice, so I know a lot more of like the 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 lore and the exposition because I've obviously watched the show and they've had more time to explain it before going into the movie. And yeah, I guess you're right that they don't necessarily rely on that too much. Uh, like they don't rely on the fact that. People know a lot of the show going into it. They, they explain a good amount of stuff, but uh, obviously it's you get more detail if you've seen the show first. So that, that that's a good point, though. Yeah, I was going into the movie a little bit blind myself, considering I've only watched uh, the first bit of the Jujutsu Kaisen series. But I was still able to enjoy the movie, even if uh, there was definitely... I understood some of the characters that I, I still haven't seen. Like, I recognize them, but I don't know them completely. But you're right, like... Uh, but even if you've never seen the series, you you could still hundred percent enjoy the movie. What about your rec? Uh, do you have you seen a bit of it? Everything like where do you stand on that for the movie? As far as Jujutsu Kaisen the series itself, I only have found, I've heard about it before, but I never got around to watching it until recently when it was suggestion. 
So yes, I'm one of those who didn't finish the series, but still went to go see the movie. Personally, I okay. found the movie was really well done. It was, it had everything I look for in an anime. It had good backstory. The action was spectacular. The effects and the joy was, it was there. It was, it showed great artwork. And I have to say, I don't go to the theaters very often to see an anime movie, but to know I'm within, I go there and I'm not the only weeb there to enjoy it was also a great experience too. Yeah, definitely. And that actually, thank you, Rec, for the fantastic segue into my first, uh, like, official talking point. Uh, what you guys thought of the, the movie overall? What was the experience like? So uh, I'll, I'll give my, uh, uh, my take on it first. Um, it was actually, I've never seen an anime movie in theaters before, uh, partly because of the pandemic and partly because there were just no series that I was following uh, at the time that the movie came out. Like. I've seen the Demon Slayer movie, uh, the, the Mugen Train uh, arc, but um, that was after it came out, so I was watching it with a friend uh, online, right? So it's not quite the same. So this was actually my first experience of watching an anime movie in the theaters, and that was, I have to say, it's really, really fun. Uh, the action is crazy, and the, the, uh, uh, the studio definitely brought their A-game in terms of the animation, especially like the final fight sequence. That was crazy um yeah studio, studio map was the goat mm -hmm. yeah definitely definitely up there mm -hmm. so uh overall like i thought the animation was really really cool uh the plot was really interesting too it it, it did not go at all where i thought about it uh i thought that it would go um but we'll get into that later when we uh when we get a little more spoilery uh after this like general overview so uh andy what did you think about the experience as a whole Oh, I, first I have to straight up agree with you uh, that the animation quality is definitely... I find that whenever an anime series uh, has a movie, the animation quality is always going to be a lot better because there's a lot more time and energy put into the movie than just uh, individual episodes. And so that's kind of what I was expecting because I have seen some anime movies before, particularly like the My Hero Academia movies, not the most recent one, but some of them. And so that was the only expectation I had was... The quality but when it came to things like the story which i know we're going to talk about later i did not know what to really expect i had very zero expectations and i was just pleasantly surprised about how how high energy the story was it was there was just so much energy and also being in a theater with all these other people who love the series just really kept hyping up that energy as the story continued so I, overall i really enjoyed the experience nice you actually we had uh, we already heard from uh, you on that point, uh, Lee. Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much said it uh, all. Like the movie was absolutely amazing. Um, it was a great time in the theaters. You know, all of us came together in person. We assembled in person, and um, we had a great time. You know, story was fantastic. Animation was top notch. Um, what's it called? Yeah, even the music in the movie, you notice the music was pretty yeah. good too. Like, yeah, I really like the score. Yeah, great quality, great music. And like we said, like for anyone watching the movie without having to go and uh, without watching the series to go into the movie, you know, I don't think he'd be completely lost. Like Rex said, he watched half of it and I don't think he was completely confused. He knew some of the characters already, he was familiar with the world, so. It's a, movie. it's a movie. It's a movie that must definitely be seen, and it's doing well, great in the box office. So I'm happy our Weeb community is supporting the movie. 
Yeah, same. What were you going to say, Rack? Sorry, Rack, you... Yeah, Rack, you were going to say something? The one thing I also liked about this film, too, is because even though I... Only, I mean, in the series itself, it kind of explains more or less how the abilities of that universe kind of work. But what I was also happy about was with this movie, even though it's a prequel, it still kind of gave me like an idea similar to how the series presented it. So even if I didn't watch the series and only watched the film, it still gave me enough information to be able to understand what goes on in that world and how their abilities work and how they can progress, evolve, all that stuff within the short time frame. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, and that's part of what makes it a good standalone movie, right? Like, if, if you hadn't seen this series, uh, then you could just jump in with the, the movie first and then go and watch the show after. That's, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Really cool. So it sounds like, from everyone, it's a strong recommend. So I am going to say that if you haven't seen this movie yet, you definitely should. It's really cool. It's really fun. Uh, it's just, it, it'll definitely be worth uh, the paying to see it in theaters. I will definitely tell you guys that. Um, and that being said, now we can talk a bit more about the actual uh, plot of the movie. We can get into spoiler territory and talk about what we thought of uh, the characters and, and everything that happens. So why don't we start off with Lee? What do you think of the story and anything about it? Um, so do you want me to give the synopsis of the stories just so our audience know a bit of what the story is about? Or for it? Oh, the best of my abilities. Okay, so the, uh, the way I would put it, that the movie, Just Kind of Zero, starts as a prequel. We're looking at the story of a particular individual. Uh, his name is Yuta Okutsu, who is a young high school kid who is getting bullied. But, um... He also has a vengeful spirit that is attached to him that attacks anyone, attacks uh, Yuta himself. And um, then he is met by the Gojo Sotaro, who is one of the higher-ups in Jujutsu. Jujutsu High. Jujutsu High, exactly. And, he, and uh, Gojo enlists um, Yuta to come join the school and learn about Jujutsu sorcery and how to manage his curse that he has. Without having to go too much into the story, I think that's a good synopsis, right? Or is there yeah. anything I'm missing? Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good starting point. At the beginning, like, when they were advertising this movie, I knew that it was going to be... Because, like, cause, like, they tell us that it's going to be about this character that we've never seen before, but that we would see some characters that we've seen in the show before. Uh, so I was really interested in, uh, in that. And, like, obviously I would love to see all the main characters that we see in the show in uh, more right but after seeing the movie i really enjoyed the character that they did well the characters that they did bring into this yuta was really really cool and i wasn't expecting to like him as much as i did especially from the beginning like uh he really grows on you i find during the movie i find like he's like the uh, the yuji before we had to see the series because yuji too was kind of new to the jujitsu uh, uh world and the curses and everything so we were seeing everything through his eyes, and now in this movie, we're seeing everything through Yuta's eyes and how he's reacting to everything around him. I actually found that really interesting, um, like the parallel between the show and the movie, where like in both, you have a kid that doesn't know anything about curses or curse energy or, or anything like that, uh, and he gets attached to this mega-powerful cursed spirit, right? Um, and they become like, like they get 
added into the school and they go through a very similar journey, right? Of like getting more and more powerful. Um, so I found that actually kind of funny by the, time, by the end of the movie. I was like, dude, this is just like the first half. Uh, this is just the first season in movie form and with a different character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, agreed. What about you, Andy? What do you think of uh, Utah and his spirit uh, curse? Well, I thought it was. I thought it was really cool. Like you said, the contrast between uh, Yuta's story and Yuji's story, I think, is very, very interesting because most, mostly because the the energy of the two different perspectives, like watching like like Yuji get introduced to the Jitsu Kaisen, he it's very more positive, upbeat, comedic. But meanwhile, in this movie with Yuta, it's more, it's more tragic. Like because they go both characters relatively you could say go through the exact same thing with gojo when when being told to come and study at jujutsu high like they're originally going to be executed both of them but then they decided to well oh, true. Yeah, I forgot. That, yeah and then when gojo brings them into jujutsu high it's it, it's two different it's two different energies like you poor yuta like he he didn't want to live he was ready to be executed but but then kind of found kind of found a new way to kind of new people to live for as as he was introduced to uh i mean well the second year students that we know like maki um Panda and all of them which i i was really happy that we could kind of see a bit more of their story as well because I, I love those characters i think they're just so cool so yeah oh you know it's funny yeah. um i just remember also i think in the story in the movie we even saw like he did try to commit suicide because yeah, he just couldn't handle it because he didn't want to hurt people and there was no way for him to control um, his cursed spirit. At the time, he didn't even know that was a cursed spirit. He didn't know what was happening. So, Oh, yeah, that's was, right. They uh, did mention that with, with the knife that was all twisted yeah. and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, his uh, spirit wouldn't let his... him. Yeah. Uh, by, by the way, we should probably name the... We should, pro- should we talk about the spirit now? or should Rika! We, uh... <laughs> Rika! Rika! <laughs> um... <laughs> Well, Rika yeah. is is the the one we find out in the movie is that Rika is the childhood friend of uh, Utah. They were I think they all met each other in like a hospital because they were both sick, and then they were like, "Oh, I like you. You like me. Let's get married." Yeah, sure. And then tragedy occurs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah a little bit more emotion in that because I feel like that was tragic. They were betrothed as children. They promised each other, had promise rings and everything. It was so a cute. Promise ring. <laughs> Yeah, it was adorable yeah. and sad. And then uh, Rika gets run over by a car, uh, and then she turns into in, instead of dying, she turns into a curse uh, into a curse uh, and latches on to uh, Utah, uh, so that she can continue being with him uh, even after death, as, quote unquote. As promised, she's a special grade curse, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and she's yeah, yeah. really powerful. Yeah, in fact, they uh, during the movie they call her the Queen of Curses. So that was uh, even like that just solidifies the parallel between Yuta and uh, Yuji because Yuji ends up being attached to the King of Curses, right? So yeah, exactly, (laughs) the boy. So literally, like the the exact same situation, right? One has the King of Curses, one has the Queen of Curses, right? In terms of like their power level. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but yeah, so so that's what happens, and that's the premise uh, of the show is uh, Gojo uh, takes Yuta to, hi- to Jujutsu High f- for a number of reasons, because Gojo is a very conniving, 
character, obviously, right? Um, but one of the reasons is to help Yuta. Or, or, or that's the main reason, is just to help him. Help him do what? Well, there's a lot of things, right? Gojo, I think, wanted to help him just not want to live instead of die, right? Uh, and part of doing that is helping uh, Yuta lift the curse that's on Rika, right? And that's what uh, Yuta was hoping he would be able to do after he kind of accepted uh, that he was in Jujutsu High now. And then from... Yeah, what? Sorry to cut you off. I have a question for you guys. So we see uh, the OG crew, you know, the second year students, uh, Maki, Panda, and... Uh, what was the other guy's name? I forget. Uh, the one who with the cursed peach. Okay. okay. Is it to- to- Togi? Okay. Yeah. Okay, there it is. Togi, yeah, Togi. I was afraid of mispronouncing it. No, it's okay. Yeah. But, like, what did you think? Uh, how, how great was it seeing them, especially with their new character designs? Because this is a prequel, so they look a bit different, too. What you thought of that? Yeah, I love, I love Maki's different design because you, they, like, you can tell that they were just like, hmm, how do we make her look younger, like a year younger than in the show? I know, leg warmers. And that was it. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think I think out of all of those characters, uh, uh, Toge probably had the most different character design with the shorter hair, the different clothes. Yeah, his hair was different. Definitely. Yeah, it, and I I thought and his clothes really cool. too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't well, think Panda well, had much you, difference. <laughs> I mean, there's not much you can do with Panda's design, right? Like <laughs> Panda is Panda. Panda is Panda. <laughs> Actually, they say Panda is not a panda in the series. Anyway, I'm not gonna get into that uh, what about you rec did you did, are you familiar have you gone to that point where you've seen those characters i have gotten to that did you point appreciate your new designs? i really did like that trio and how they were presented in the movie like each one was like unique in their own way like definitely the panda took me by surprise a little bit <laughs> i honestly thought it was just an animal that just knew how to use curses i didn't expect it to talk but then again it is anime anything's possible I also like how you see the panda as like this massive, he looks innocent at the beginning, but then when he gets into a fighting spirit, he's like deadly. But even besides all that, he has that awkward sort of, I don't know, like the dad vibe a little bit. His art style changes when he fights, which is really cool. Yeah, like it goes from innovation to full, like, full god power when he like changes his form and all that and almost goes jojo in my pers- in my perspective i don't know it's like that more detailed. Too. that also gave mm-hmm. a bit of a jojo vibe i also like how the other character who barely talks he just says like uh, recipes to as like sentences and somehow everyone understands him when he is talking like almost everyone I, mostly everyone. Like I'm definitely not one of them because I didn't understand a word of what he's saying. Only got the small hits here and there of like agreement and whatnot. But as far as like what he talks about, I had next to no clue. And everybody can hate yeah. on me for not knowing what he's talking about. But no, I, I mean, uh, that's the point. All I know he likes why... fish. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a reason to explain why he can only talk in ingredients because of his uh, yeah, because of his curse. He's uh. Speech curse. I forget the term. curse speech because if he talks in plain words, he's gonna uh, mess up his throat, and then he might accidentally curse someone else too. So, yeah, 
a double-edged sword. It's a powerful technique, yet and really. He can also cut himself. Careful with it. And as for the third one, yeah, I found her character was like extra unique. And when I found out her backstory, now I fully understand why she, she's always so tense. She's always so like how she is. The character development in the movie and the series itself, like everyone is given like, they're not just there for no reason. It's not like a, uh, like one of those anime series where they just throw in whatever they want. And then forget about them later. They actually like give a good amount of depth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's one of the strong points of of JJK as a whole is the the characters they uh, they make room to flesh them out uh, pretty well, which is nice. Um, They're very unique in their own way, and I think that's that's really fun. And the running gags as well. Panda is my favorite running gag, and will always be my favorite running gag. <laughs> How no one knows why yeah. Panda's there and how he's able to talk. <laughs> yeah, well, it does get explained in the first season at some point, but you guys might not be there yet because it's uh, a bit later. I'm not there yet, no. That's Actually, right. I did want to ask because uh, Maki's backstory, do they explain her backstory in the main series or did we just yeah. hear it in the prequel? No, they yeah, explained it in the first season too. Yeah. All right, gotcha. Yeah, I really gotta gotta get on that. Right. Don't worry about it. I mean, uh, to to be fair, like they actually repeat a lot of uh, what they've said in the first season in the movie. I guess to make sure that it can be a standalone experience where you know you don't go into it and you've missed all the exposition, so you don't know what the heck all these characters are about, right? Yeah, that's really good. I didn't I didn't realize that, but uh, but yeah, that that just goes to show another reason why you don't need to watch the series in order to watch the movie. So moving along in the plot, right? Uh, you know, uh, Yuta goes through a training arc, right? He's getting better at harnessing uh, Rika and the energy that she has to be able to fight curses, uh, and he gets closer to uh, his classmates. And then we get introduced to the big bad, right, of the series, actually, which uh, took me for, uh, for a loop because I didn't think that we would see uh, the guy from the first season who is the main bad guy, uh, actually get fleshed out and see as much as, as we did about uh, of him. Like, I didn't think he would be so front and center when he was actually pretty... Uh, he, he took a big back seat in the first season and was doing things sort of uh, from the sidelines. Whereas here, he was, like, the main, uh, the main uh, villain. Like, he was the, the main threat, which was really interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, he was shown in the trailers, if you were to watch them, but... Uh, I don't watch trailers for more. things. So. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, like, yeah, he, uh, he actually did more in this uh, movie than in the series, because, like you said, he was in the back burner. Yeah, I mean, I did like uh, the the big baddie in the, in the movie, too. His name is uh, Ghetto, right? Ghetto? Yes, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Ghetto. Ghetto, yeah. So uh, we knew. I mean, you you guys will find out the show, but he uh, was close with uh, Gojo Satoru. They were like best buds, and at yeah. one point they had a diff- difference of opinion. Uh, Ghetto's uh, viewed the world a different way, where she's a sorcerer to be on top, and that the humans are below us, and that um, you know we should be worshipped as gods or whatever. It kind of gave me Magneto vibes. We talked about yeah, this definitely. Too, it kind of gave me Magneto. I mean, the vibes. I was like, oh, this yeah. guy is just looking out for his brethren, you know, his, his other jujutsu sorcerers. Yeah. 
So I actually found that motivation kind of boring because it's been done a lot, right? Like, oh, we're special, so supremacy, right? Like, it's it's not a very innovative uh, motivation. But the thing to to remember, I guess, is and especially with the way that the the movie goes uh, leading into the show, um, like his. Um, his motivations might actually change going from the movie to the main series. He might actually have a change of plan or something, because uh, we don't actually know his motivations uh, overall in uh, in the show. Like they're not express, uh, explicitly told to us like they are in the movie. Um, so I kind of wonder if it's going to stay that simple or if it's going to evolve into something different. I'm really curious. Um, but yeah, that is what happens, and uh, that obviously leads to a conflict, right? Because uh, Gojo and the Jujutsu High uh, people... I mean, uh, the, the whole point of Jujutsu High is to protect ordinary people from curses, right? Because they can't defend themselves against them. Uh, training sorcerers to be able to do that and become guardians of uh, normal society, right? Um, and Ghetto is completely against that and wants to uh, amass forces that can then wipe out all ordinary people so that there's only jujitsu sorcerers left. And so he takes a specific interest in uh, Utah, uh, and this is sort of like his end goal of, of the, the plot in the movie, is uh, get uh, Utah is actually very, very special in that uh, he, it turns out it's not that he is cursed by uh, Rika, but actually he is an immensely powerful jujitsu sorcerer who just doesn't know how to control his cursed energy yet. And oh, no, I think the the big twist was that he's the one that cursed Rika. Exactly, exactly. I was about to say is that, it, is that like it, when he when the accident happened, it wasn't that Rika spontaneously got turned into uh, a curse, but actually that like he just refused to accept her dying. He, he, he was just say, saying, like, don't die, don't die, don't die. And obviously, as a kid, he didn't know how to control his powers, so he, he cursed Rika and prevented her from dying by turning her into a curse. Into a curse. Um, and that was just, like, a crazy twist in the plot. Um, right? Like, it turns out that he's this mega-powerful jujitsu sorcerer who we get revealed is actually related to Gojo, who is the strongest jujitsu sorcerer. Um, and so that's why Yuta is almost as, uh, arguably more powerful, like in terms of power level, uh, he just can't control it as well as Gojo can. But like, in terms of why he's so powerful out of nowhere, is he comes from the same ancestor as Gojo, uh, who was well, one. Did they mention what was his family name? Like which family line it comes from? Uh, I forget it. Misa Chure, something, I, I really don't remember. Okay, but they, they have a common right? Like long, long uh, distant, distant cousins, yeah. Because they, if you go back far enough, they share an ancestor who is like one of the greats of jujitsu sorcery. Uh, so that's why they're both so powerful. Um, and of course, you know, Yuta didn't know this until during the movie, right? Where where he he kind of learns uh, that he's super powerful. Um, he did hint so, at it a little bit in the beginning, though. Yeah, but he and didn't not so much have ancestry, but his power. Yeah, exactly. Like he didn't have a full understanding of it, um, but he but did, he did have that theory. Yeah, yeah, he suspected. He suspected that he might have been the one to curse uh, mm -hmm. Rika, but 
of course, we don't get that confirmation until the end, which was a very epic battle, I must say. My goodness. God, you can tell where the, the majority of the budget for the movie was that freaking cuts that uh, that fight scene. Oh, yeah, and honestly, valid. Absolutely valid, especially when uh, cause it wasn't just their fight scene between uh, between Yuta and uh, and Ghetto, but it was um, yeah. like all the fight scenes when we got to see all the the Jujutsu Kaisen sorcerers from from the series, minus of course the like our our big three that yeah. that we don't get to see yeah. yet, but everyone else we got to see fight, and it was so cool. Yeah. Because Ghetto was so big and obnoxious, he's like, I'm going to declare war on all of you. It kind of reminded me of Toby from <laughs> Naruto's like, oh yeah, well I'm going to declare war on you guys. And then, uh, yeah, I'm like, shit. But that big battle at the end, it was very it was great. Especially when Gojo went hand-to-hand against uh, the, the other foreigner. What was his name? Miguel? Oh man, he was throwing hands on him. Like, yeah. yeah. Can we talk about Ghetto's posse that he brings to declare war all these like rogue sorcerers? I they're very interesting. Yeah, more about Ghetto, he's so interesting. We all fell in love with uh, Mr. Heart, uh, was it Heart Nipple Man? Yeah, Heart Nipple Man. We only got to see him for a good like maybe fifteen seconds, but we all fell in love with this guy. Andy, yeah. he's, he's like another JoJo character, no? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that is a JoJo character, hundred percent. Just walked into the wrong anime. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, there there were like a lot of, which I'm sure we're gonna get to see a lot more of in the future, right? Like, um, uh, Miguel, we know we will because uh, at the in, during the end credit scene, just to jump ahead, uh, we see him and Yuta uh, chilling. Um, so we know that you know we're gonna see uh, Miguel, the Mister Braided Hair guy, uh, down the road. What do you um, think the Sorry, what do you think the post credit scene meant? Because I thought that was to tease maybe the second season coming. Or is this like another movie? We can, we can do that after, I think, because uh, we got to summarize the rest of the plot before uh, before we get to that point. All right. Um, so who else was there? There were the, the two teenagers that were, like, uh, obsessed with their smartphones, right? Yeah, who, uh, uh, who got a rescued else. from... Uh... From from being Ghetto. captive as kids, yeah. and so yeah. wow, they have and a really. It, remi- it reminds story. me so much of a sorry. It reminds me so much of Magneto because Magneto he would have done that too, also to his fellow mutants. He'd be like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll protect you. Come to my paradise, etc." Yeah, Ghetto, like, yeah, yeah as true. bad as he seems, he does have a bit of humanity in him in that one particular scene. Mm-hmm. All right, he has a heart. It's just twisted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who else was there? There was obviously Heart Nipple Man. Um, who yes, else? Man. I can't remember. There was a guy uh, there with was, a whip. Uh... Hmm? There was a guy with a whip. Oh, yeah, the hair whip. Yeah, that's Miguel. Okay, we went over that. Yeah, yeah. Miguel was probably yeah. like the most powerful out of them, minus like outside of of Ghetto. Yeah, it seemed like it. I mean, he was able to keep his own against Gojo, so that, that tells you something. Yeah, that was one epic battle right there. I liked mm-hmm. that one too. We saw we saw the Kyoto school also, the other students from the Kyoto part. Oh yeah, that was awesome. Hello, my best friend. Best of Rundo. Except he didn't have his best friend yet. <laughs> oh. 
That's okay. Yeah, that. He was he was in a hurry because he had to go see his idol. There was a special episode showing up on this series. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's why they didn't give him much screen time. He, he was just like, dude, I can't stick around for too long. I, I, I got places to go. For Rick and Andy, I'll let you guys know, Toto, is, uh, he's one of my favorite characters because... Uh, but he's, he's just hilarious. I've seen clips. There you go. Yeah. Andy knows. <laughs> Oh yeah, I. It, it was cool seeing scene. them. It was cool. Oh yeah, again, I think Absolutely. my favorite part about Toto coming into the movie was the audience's reaction. Everyone was so happy; they were ready for ready for it. They saw it come in, and that was cool. Yeah. Were you gonna say something, Rick? No, I'm disagreeing. Like you know, they're pretty cool and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we we do get to see a lot of different characters in this. Uh, but it, obviously, the final uh, showdown is uh, between um, Yuta and Ghetto. And, uh, you know, honestly, I thought that Yuta was going to get his ass whooped and that he was going to die. And that uh, Rika was going to get. Because um, uh, Ghetto has this ability to absorb curses, right? And use them as his little minions, right? Like his little demon Pokemon. Um, and. <laughs> He wanted Rika, because obviously she is the queen of curses. Uh, she's a super, super powerful curse, so he wants her uh, in his arsenal. Um, but, and so I thought that that was going to happen, honestly, because like, I was expecting the worst, and I kind of felt like that made sense going into the, the show. Like, you know, if this is a prequel, then it, this is to show how much of a threat Ghetto is going into the show, right? Like, he has Rika, of all things. Uh, in his arsenal. Uh, but it didn't go that way, actually. Uh, Yuta manages to beat him by pulling out all the stops and basically copying everyone else's uh, curse, curse techniques, which was crazy. Oh, yeah, that came out of nowhere. The moment he started using Toga's power, it was like, how? That, that, yeah. that shocked oh, yeah, me. He I had like the that. weapon. had that weapon with him, which came from him, I think, or his clan. It was a problem. You mean the, the microphone? Weapon. Or the that, was like a sac- that was like a sacred weapon from uh, him or his clan, right? So he used that. He just made that. Like, he made it. Yeah, he, well, he I, just created it. Yeah, I thought it like oh, manifested okay. into his hands from uh, from his cursed power. Yeah, he just again he it, it. it was it, it was a lot. It was a, it was too much for him because like he used it once and he's like, oh, I'm completely drained. I, I can't do this again. <laughs> Uh, but not only that, so that was like the more obvious one, uh, but the healing as well, right? Like, that's the doctor's ability. And he was able to do that. Right. And then the, the final mega hyper beam that he does to finish off uh, uh, Ghetto, well, finish off, to, to beat him, is uh, Gojo's hollow purple. That's a oh, Gojo yeah, ability. That's like an ultimate move. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we, we see, well, actually, so Andy and Rec won't know this, but we see that move at, towards the end of, of the series, uh, of the season, of season one. Just all of a sudden, Yuta's just copying everyone else's abilities, right? Just to show off, I guess, how freaking busted he is. And he does actually manage to beat uh, Ghetto, uh, and he accepts, so to, to unlock uh, Ruka's power in that fight to get Hollow Purple to work, because uh, he made Rika use Hollow Purple, he kind of like made a sacrifice of himself. Like if you if you unleash your power and beat this guy, then I'll go with you forever and we'll become one. Which is what Rika always wanted as a cursed spirit. 
Uh, and so she does it, they beat him, and then afterwards, in the aftermath, Yuta's like, well, I guess I have to go now, and he's accepted kind of his fate, right, to be, to become one with Rika, and that actually lifts the curse on Rika. Uh, the curse, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, let's, let's get into that a bit more, like, how it broke the curse is what I think what happened was that, uh, if you remember, uh, when that curse happened when uh, she died, it's because uh, for Yuta, like, he lost his he lost his best friend, right? He couldn't cope with that. Uh, like he was going like mentally unstable. Like he couldn't believe that that happened. So he tried so hard for her to like uh, to latch onto him, like don't leave me and everything. But then I think to lift a curse, like because he kind of came in terms with her death and wants to be with her, like he somehow kind of lets her soul be free. Is that how you guys saw it, or did you see it different? I, I kind of saw it like that, I think, because it, uh, it was this interesting form of acceptance. However, I wasn't truly sure, because he accepted death in a way. He, he just accepted, like, going with her and stuff. So I, I wasn't necessarily sure how the curse was broken in that way. Maybe, maybe, but I think you're on the right track. I, I think that makes sense, that there, there was, like, some sort of acceptance with maybe his power, I think maybe had more to do with it because he was finally like coming in, in tune with his power and maybe that was able to kind of help lift the curse off Rika because it was an extension of his own power. I don't know. It was, uh, it was a very touching scene so, for me. <laughs> uh, from what I remember them saying in the movie is uh, they said that because, you know, he, he took something uh, from Rika when he put the curse on her. Right. And so when he was ready to give himself to her, it kind of canceled out the curse. And that's what lifted it. Yeah, I, I think I remember that. Yeah. Right, yeah, it was kind of vague. So like there's a there's a lot of ways you can probably interpret it. But um, I think that's like the gist of what they were going for. Yeah. What do you think about Iraq? Like all of you, there are different opinions on how he view it. How they ended it was. I don't know. It was somewhat predicted but at the same time how they progressed to to get to that point was very well done like during the ending like when he uh when he unleashes his like ultimate power and he sacrifices his life i guess i was a tad bit disappointed that he uh like they took that turn where rika when she was the one who was leaving and not him when he sacrificed his life and he's still alive i guess i was like, there's a lot of times I've seen that many times over where it's like when the main character does something that would cost him his life and he survives, I just find that's done a little too often. So there was that slight disappointment. But overall, like how it ended, it brought emotion. It brought that goodbye, my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, it's it's a shonen. It's a shonen show, so it's kind of like it does a shonen tropes and uh, plot. Yeah, that's that's true. I think yeah. what's probably a little different from this specific scene, at least for me, when I found like when it comes to most shonens, like the whole I'm gonna sacrifice my life for the greater good, and then they end up surviving in the end. In for this movie, I actually thought he was gonna die. I was almost he like almost part of me convinced that he was actually just going to die in that whole scene. I don't know. I felt that was just a little different for me personally. And I could have seen that too. It was kind of hinted at as like, oh, this might be the end for him, but kind of pulled the rug under a student. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found that funny because, like, you know, going into the fight, we were like, 
oh man, Gato, like the big mega boss of curses, is going to fight this like rookie jujitsu sorcerer that doesn't know how to control his power yet. Like, there's no way, right? And then Yuta's just like, nah, it's fine. I'm actually secretly a god. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. Hey, one um, thing I want to point out, sorry, one thing I want to point out that if you notice, Ghetto looked different from the series because he doesn't have that scar on his forehead. Yeah, well, I mean... Too, I think that's going to hint... Well, I don't, I don't want to give too much spoilers away because I do read the manga, but like that gives a uh, an indication on what happens to Ghetto later after the movie. Like, yeah, so what happens during the movie is uh, Hollow Purple takes out, takes off his arm, like uh, Ghetto, who is a human in this, uh, in the movie, um, loses his arm in that fight, and so he's like on death's door, and then Gojo finds him, uh, kind of trying to like recover, I guess, uh, or just like resting after that huge fight, um, and Ghetto's got nothing left, like he's on death's door, and Gojo, you know, they they talk, and then Gojo kills him, like like he kills. Well, do you him. think? Do you, but here's the thing: Do you think he killed him, or did he try to save him? Because remember, it's his best buddy. Maybe. And like, and like, we don't know what happened afterwards. Did, did Gojo let him die, or did he actually save him somehow? Like, well, you don't know, man, because it that, does that, happen that, off screen. <laughs> that exactly. It always it always happens off screen. But the thing is, at least they had their one on ones. Like, hey, man. Yeah. I, I get. I get. A bit I of get where you, you were coming from, but in the end, we have we're on totally different sides of this uh, uh, topic. Yeah, so they do have a heart-to-heart before something happens. We, you kind of assume that Gojo does end up killing him, because he kind of has to. But, yeah, I mean, you know, those, those that know the show know Gojo, and he is anything but predictable. That's kind of how it ends off, is we think that Ghetto dies, but that is weird, because then when you go to see the show, Ghetto's in the show, and the show happens after the movie, and... um he's alive or in, you know in some way right like he, he's moving around he has his arm uh, but he also has like a scar uh, uh around his forehead so like he looks a little different so we don't really know what happens between that last scene of him on death's door and what happens in the rest of the show so that's we can only assume yep, unless exactly. you're reading the manga then i don't know if they then you know um but, so do you guys want to start talking about the end credit scene Absolutely. Because my biggest question for the end credit scene that I think will the best tell me what's going on is when does it happen? Like what part of the timeline is this end credit scene? What do you guys think? I know the answer. I think it's, still after the, it's after the big battle, though. But the thing that kind of confused me is why is Utah hanging with Miguel? Because I thought Miguel was the bad guy. Like he was on Ghetto's side. He was one of his crew. And then they were fighting on that on that. Uh, they're fighting against each other, and now all of a sudden, Miguel is helping Yuta from when I got it, and I'm like, whoa, how'd the switch well, happen? Like, I thought Yuta looked a little older in the end credit scene. Like, I thought his hair was a lot longer. It was more covering his face. He, so I wouldn't be surprised if this felt like it was maybe a few years after the battle. Mm. If I remember correctly in the show also, they did say that Yuta was going overseas for studies, so maybe that post credit scene is taking place around that time, so that means you, yeah, you and the big trio has already joined, and then Gojo, yes, sorry, Gojo comes to see them, and I forget what he said, did he need them for another mission or something like that? So, um, you, you hit it on the nail, uh, 
on the head there. Uh, we technically going into the movie, you don't know who Yuta is, but they actually do mention him just one time during the show. Um, that there's another second year, but he's overseas training, and that would that ends up being Yuta. Uh, I mean, they mention him by name, but we do, it doesn't you know if, if you don't know the character, it doesn't stick, right? So you go into the movie a year later, and you're like, oh, okay, who's this guy, right? But it turns out they actually mentioned him in the show. Uh, and yeah, he's there in Kenya training with uh, Miguel. Miguel has flipped sides. And I can tell you the reason for that because a friend of mine that read the manga told me uh, Jujutsu Zero is actually based on the pilot for Jujutsu Kaisen, which the manga creator made first. And then he kind of, uh, instead of, like when, when uh, Jujutsu Kaisen got greenlit, he went with the story of uh, the first season to start it off. But he didn't want to get rid of all the characters and the world building that he had done. So he kept that as sort of like a prequel thing, um, which eventually got turned into the movie. Um, so actually, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero got written first before uh, uh, the, the Yuji stuff. And so it got uh, edited a bit going into the movie, right? Because it got updated after he made the, sh the, the show and the, 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 the proper manga. The reason Miguel flipped sides is because Miguel is the one character that the, the author liked the most out of Jujutsu Zero, so he was like, I, I want him to be a good guy now. I don't want him to, to, to just be a bad guy and, and die. So that's why. <laughs> well, I kind of find that lame, though, because I thought maybe Gojo would have maybe persuaded him to see on his point of view, and then Miguel would have switched sides. If you're saying the author just randomly took him because it was his favorite character and switched him up, then that's kind of like, well, okay, that's just kind I mean, of biased. That's what writers I don't know. do. You like a character so much, it's like, I, I could kill you, but I'm going to keep you for a little bit. Yeah, you know? And meanwhile, because isn't uh, isn't Gojo like? I don't know if I heard this right, but the writer actually doesn't like Gojo. Oh, I don't know about that. Okay, because I, I thought I that, heard someone. But I know that uh, all the that girls simp for Gojo. Well, of course. <laughs> Have you seen him? <laughs> oh, he's gorgeous. You seen his eyes, man? <laughs> Those eyes. Gojo, his his nice character color. was also different. What? Said that uh, speaking of Gojo, like his character design was also different too. Like he was wearing the bandages instead of the usual mask that we see in the show. Exactly. Actually, I, th I thought that was interesting that he had like white bandages instead of a black blindfold. So like, I wonder if that means that his eyes were recently acquired or something at that point. Well, uh, the, I can say we theory, did see his eyes because this Sorry, was, movie was considered as like a prequel. At the time, bandages was all he needed to like. I guess kind of uh, hold back his energy, but after releasing it in that battle, he might he might have needed something a little stronger to like conceal his power. So that's yeah. why they changed it from like a band to a uh, like bandages to like a band after to yeah. help like I first like, conceal yeah. it. Uh, maybe interesting I mean, theory. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. You you keep your mouth quiet there, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> you you manga leader, you. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's pretty much where we leave off, is uh, Utah is training in Kenya with, uh, with Miguel a year later, uh, during the time that everything with uh, Yuji uh, is happening in the main show. And uh, now we're just here waiting for, uh, for season two to see all of the characters that we, that we love uh, come back and, and get into some more action. And probably make us cry, because I hear that uh, the next arc is going to be very heart-wrenching and uh, painful to deal with. So Ooh, I'm looking gosh. forward to that. 
Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, yes, depression. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, I think that we've talked all we can about this movie, and I think it's sh- just how long we talked about it shows how much we enjoyed it. Before we close it out, do you guys have any uh, parting sh- uh, shots to, to put out there? Any remarks that you want to end off on? Uh, yeah, actually, to the audience, if, if you guys have any comments on the movie that you want to make, anything that we haven't mentioned, feel free to join us on our Discord, and, uh, and we'd be happy to listen and talk to you guys more about that through there. So. Yeah, you can find the link to that Discord on our social media, so on Facebook, Twitter, I think we have uh, TikTok as well, Instagram, so definitely follow us uh, on those. Uh, uh, I think it's uh, Think Otaku Crew, uh, Lee knows the, uh, the names of all the different ones better than I do, I think. Uh, I just I wouldn't know all the names, but like we'll put all the links, description, and... The... Yeah, you can always find it in the description of our... Exactly. I don't have any uh, final points to give. Like the movie is great. It's uh, uh, I'm surprised. It's it's probably one of the longest anime movies out there. It's almost close to two hours, minus like ten minutes or so. So almost, yeah, almost it was an hour fifty three. Yeah, almost a full length movie. So we'll enjoy it. Uh, Yuta is a favorite character. Like, like you said, uh, it was based on a pilot, right? So technically, Yuta would have been the main character had uh, the author gone, not gone in a different direction with Yuji. Yeah. So that's interesting. Interesting uh, trivia right there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the movie's great. Like, I give it, I give it a... Like, I don't know if you want... Do you, want to, do you guys want to score the movie, or do you want to just, like... If you want to. I, I give it a must-watch out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Yeah, I'd have to give it a great solid 8 out of 10. Okay. I'm going uh, to give it a 8 heart nipples out of 10. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy. Well, like I said, it's my first time seeing an anime movie in a theater with a lot of people. So my experience, I have to say, was fantastic. And like I said before, 8 out of 10 or 8.5 out of 10. And definitely I look forward to season 2 now because... I mean, only, like I said, I only started watching the first season, like, going on. The movie was fantastic. Now I'm curious to know how they're going to progress later on in the series. Same, man, same. All right, well, with that, we close out episode 12 of the Otaku Crew podcast. Thank you so much to you guys for listening. And we, will, uh, we look forward to seeing you guys next time uh, on the Otaku Crew. Bye, guys. Enjoy. Later, guys. Make sure to subscribe also to our YouTube channel if you have not done so. Heck yeah. Follow See you guys us on, on the server. Bye.